Let's go in-depth on all things Hawkeyes. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Happy Wednesday, Hawkeye fans, and welcome into the latest edition of the Hawk Central Radio Show right here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico, a sports columnist who covers the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Des Moines Register. And just another day in the business. It's August 2nd, one month away from Iowa's season opener against Utah State, and crazy amount of news breaking in the last 24 hours on the sports gambling front. And not to mention all, not to mention that, but uh, is the Big Ten expanding to 20 teams as soon as next year? That's uh, that's the basis of a recent uh, Yahoo Sports report. We'll maybe get to that later in the program. I don't know if we'll get to any on-field football talk tonight, but we might. Uh, we'll see. But uh Welcome to welcome back to the show, Tyler Tashman, our uh, new colleague, my new colleague on the Hawkeyes beat, and uh, in his second day in Iowa City, Tyler, uh, did you think you'd be at a Johnson County courthouse on a Wednesday morning, uh, <laughs> uh, combing through uh, court records? How you doing? Uh, I don't think I I was expecting that, but it it did give me the uh, the chance to get out into Iowa City, so if there was a benefit to that, but. Um... Yeah, I was about to say it's uh, it's been a good Wednesday, but I wanted to make sure that it was Wednesday because there's just so much going on. I don't really know what, <laughs> what day of the week it is. Exactly. Uh, lots to unpack for you, I'm sure, and lots to unpack for us uh, in this gambling story. So let's just kind of get right into it. Um, I think the best way to do this for our listeners, Tyler, is to just go a little bit chronologically in terms of when this stuff broke, maybe dig into the details of each, and then we'll, we'll kind of discuss – the big picture stuff. All of this kind of started late yesterday afternoon with the revelation that Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers uh, was implicated, uh, criminally charged for placing uh, un- underage bets, I believe, and uh, in the name of his uh, under his mother's account, and uh, his total wagers, I believe, were two thousand seven hundred and ninety nine. All of this, of course, is allegedly. Uh, 366 mobile wagers. But the big deal there is obviously this is Iowa State's starting quarterback, and he actually bet on, uh, again, allegedly, all this is allegedly, folks, uh, the 2021 Iowa State-Oklahoma State football game. So significant development there. And, um, you know, when we saw that, Tyler, yesterday afternoon and in kind of our team's chat, uh, this had been, you know, Deckers had been a name that was uh, – uh, under the surface, you know, our reporters on the Iowa State side had been uh, pushing for that information, kind of had a lot of breadcrumbs on that. So Deckers was a name we kind of knew was going to come to the surface or we thought was going to come to the surface at some point. But obviously, Tyler, a major bombshell as far as uh, the Iowa State season and week two for the Hawkeyes is concerned. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I, I was going to say that as well of, in terms of Iowa going – uh, to play at Iowa State in week two that not only does this kind of get the the ball rolling on on hearing some of the the gambling news and, and who all is involved and uh, all of that but uh, you know specifically to that Iowa Iowa State game that you know that could have big implications uh, for that because uh, Deckers isn't participating is not participating in fall camp so this is like 
an immediate kind of mm-hmm. impacting, you know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen with his eligibility, but it, it, at this point it would, it seems surprising for him to be playing in that game against Iowa. Um, but, but to, for, for Iowa to try to go on the road and, and uh, avenge, you know, th- that loss last season, I think that that's definitely kind of, a noteworthy uh, storyline. Obviously, if you're an Iowa State fan, it's it's more of a big picture, entire season thing. But uh, you know, when you're talking about just the Iowa Iowa State game, uh, you know, that's definitely kind of one of the notable storylines to come out of this. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we might get into this a little bit more in our second segment. But you know, Iowa State is down to a redshirt freshman quarterback who barely played last year, a true freshman quarterback, and JJ Cole. And uh, there's a reason they brought in a junior college transfer with like basically no track record uh, back in May. So that's that's the entire Iowa State quarterback room. Uh, we will get into the Iowa specialist room as this conversation continues. But you know, just to refresh folks, if you bet on your own school in any sport that is in the NCAA's li- uh, eyes, uh, grounds for loss of permanent eligibility without reinstatement. So. Uh, if indeed now Deckers has pleaded not guilty, um, and uh, there, his lawyer's statement, you know, talks about uh, you know people having shared Netflix accounts, and so sometimes people have shared uh, DraftKings accounts. But uh, you know, the DCI investigators in all these situations that we're going to get into, you know, have you know, according to them, pinpointed you know the use of these iPhones uh, to make bets. You know, inside team offices where the general, you know, inside team walls where, where, you know, general public can't make those types of bets. So we'll see it. You know, to me, it's it seems pretty unlikely that that all of the athletes we're going to discuss here would return to collegiate sports, given the uh, allegations and severity and just I mean, it seems like rock solid <laughs> data that these investigators have and and put into the criminal complaint. But, as I said, uh, as the DCI even said, a criminal charge is merely an accusation and a defendant is presumed innocent until proven guilty. So, with that, Tyler, let's move on to the Iowa side of things, since uh, this is a Hawkeye show, but obviously the Decker stuff is a a major implication, as you noted. Uh, The first uh, athlete that... Uh, was criminally charged, at least that we came uh, to light, or that came to light for us, is one baseball player, Garrett Christensen, um, Urbandale, uh, former Urbandale player, backup catcher for the Hawkeyes. And he um, was underage and placing bets, very small bets. That was kind of the, uh, you know, Twitter always has fun, or X or whatever you want to call it, has fun with, you know, some stuff. And, and he, uh, Tyler, allegedly, uh, under account, uh, created by his mom, who uh, quote-unquote said it was a silly mistake, made, let me see if I got the totals here. I want to make sure I get it right. Approximately 559 mobile wagers for a total of $2,400. So that's about an average of $4 per wager. Uh, approximately 23 of those wagers, though, were placed on University of Iowa sporting events. So again, uh, permanent loss of eligibility likely uh, he has since retired from college baseball, so it's not like this is going to have immediate implications. But he was one of those four Iowa baseball players who missed the last 17 games of the season. I think you know this is 
we can debate for a while whether if you bet on you know if you bet on if you're a college athlete and you bet on the NFL or whatever you know should should what should the punishment be should there even be a punishment um but to me you know betting on uh Iowa sporting events if you're an Iowa athlete that's one of those kind of I feel like it leans more towards that sort of insider trading thing where uh you know if you have if you have a friend in a uh you know another Iowa sport or something like that where it's a lot more close contact you know I, I feel like there's a much stronger argument for harsh punishment or harsher punishment uh if you're betting on uh sports within your school uh but again it's i i think we could probably debate the kind of the bigger picture of how you know how does the NCAA handle you know betting on uh your random NBA game or something like that i think that's kind of a wider discussion that's coming out of uh, you know what's been being uncovered. Uh, I think that's kind of the bigger story out of things as well, beyond just the who is you know who's being accused of what and and what does it mean for Iowa football or whatever. But I think the the kind of bigger discussion out of this, and I think and, and Kirk Ferentz brought this up at Big Ten Media Days, is like we should we reevaluate what punishments are um, and what you know what are the you know reasonable guidelines for if someone isn't underage uh you know for them to be able to you know bet on your everyday MLB game or something of that nature and then this morning uh Tyler the uh news surfaced that Aaron Blom walk on kicker for the football program we've been waiting to hear everyone's always been wanting give me names give me names in football well Aaron Blom was a name I had never heard <laughs> rumored uh, in terms of the gambling investigation. And I have to wonder, Tyler, based on Kirk Ferentz's comments at Big Ten Media Days, when he said you know, he, he would think he would know if, if a player on his team had bet on or against Iowa. Now, I guess technically speaking, Aaron did not bet on or against Iowa. He bet the under, uh, according to the complaints anyway, uh, in the 2021 Cyhawk game, uh, in addition to... Uh, investigators uh, flagged eight bets on Iowa athletics from Aaron, a walk-on kicker. He started last season as Iowa's kicker, went one for three on field goals, did miss the f- the final kick against Iowa State uh, in the rain last year and lost his job to Drew Stevens, who took over the job and uh, has run with it, returned as Iowa's starting kicker. But Aaron, uh, with a uh, same thing, uh, and, it's, you know, according to investigators, engaged in a scheme with his mother, Michelle, enabling Aaron to disguise his identity and manipulate mobile transactions, blah, blah, blah. And his totals were about $4,400 in wagers. Uh, the under bet, though, uh, Tyler, that's the big that's the biggie uh, in that game. Uh, he did not play in it. Caleb Shudak was Iowa's kicker in that game. Caleb did miss a 50-yarder early in the game on a, on a bad snap. Uh, in which they replaced the long snapper, actually. And then Iowa State actually missed a field goal in the final moments of that game to keep the bet under. So we believe that Aaron won that bet, but obviously he's going to lose his college eligibility. Yeah, and I was going to say, and, and, and you said it right, but I just want to reiterate that that the game, that 2021 game, uh, he was not the one that 
he missed a field goal, and that was last. That was the 2022 game uh, where Iowa State beat Iowa, and and he had that field goal uh, to to tie the game. But so he did not bet on the 2022 game for what based on what's been uncovered. That was 2021, so it wasn't right. like the, the the missed field goal last season wasn't him, you know, altering, which I think would have been a even bigger story if that was the case, but it's not. But um, just wanted to re- reiterate that to, to make sure it's clear. <laughs> so I know this is a serious topic, but the Twitter had a blast with this one, Tyler. Uh, there were some <laughs> funnily crafted tweets uh, regarding this, uh, especially with Iowa's really woeful ability to score points i'm going to try to pick out a few here just just to bring some levity to the conversation not making light of it whatsoever but uh somebody out here here a couple is betting the under in an iowa iowa state game a wager or just a risk-free investment (laughs) um where is another one here smart bet uh another one says that's about the safest bet you could make um and someone else, to be fair, everybody bets the under on Iowa games. It's not insider information. So uh, there's several more, uh, you know, but but it just shows kind of like the the life of its own, I guess, that this has taken onto. I mean, this has become a national story today, Tyler. I mean, it's just people are grabbing onto it, wondering what's going on in Iowa. What, why are all, And people just weren't maybe aware that this investigation has been going on for three months. And uh other states are not investigating. So Iowa's kind of becoming the example for the NCAA in this case. Unfortunately, you know, poor Aaron, in a way, you know, gets is going to have this attached to him the rest of his life. And who knows? Maybe he bet 15 bucks on the under and, you know, 113 or something, you know. So um, it's, a, it's just become a national story. And Iowa and Iowa State are at the front of it. Obviously, you know, the Deckers thing is the big deal. Uh, if Iowa loses a backup kicker, on the football team and nobody else, probably a win in terms of big picture Iowa football, right? But uh, but still, it's been kind of a national stain sort of on on our state. Yeah, I think it's and you said it in a in a I think accurate way that unfortunately for Iowa and Iowa State, like they're kind of becoming the example that the NCAA is setting by uh, by what has come out and, and what could con- could continue to come out. But I think the kind of wide uh, sentiment is that you you could probably go after people or after athletes in pretty much every single state, and you would probably find similar things. And, and obviously we wouldn't know that for sure unless there were the, you know, investigations. But I think if you're in Texas or California or whatever, you're saying, well, this could happen in our in our backyard. Um, so I, I think that's part of the reason why it's resonating so much, potentially because it's something that people know could probably happen to their favorite team as well. So it, it's unfortunate that Iowa kind of has to be, you know, Iowa, Iowa State have to be, I guess, the so-called like guinea pigs for this. But yeah. I guess, you know, that's just, it's the unfortunate timing and kind of how things, work out but you know i think that's kind of how it seemed to have set up as in and unfortunately you know unfortunately for them other schools are now going to notice and learn and make sure that players know 
what to not do when it comes to uh, sports betting and gambling. And so other schools and people in the future will be much more informed, but it, it will be at the expense of kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, well put there. And and to be clear, I mean, this, you know, athletes are told when they arrive on campus and education, I mean, I've, I've been told this by athletes and, you know, they are definitely told you cannot gamble on sports, period. And you definitely can't gamble on Iowa sports, you know, your own team sports. So this is known, yet, uh, you know, it, it, the apps and all that stuff make it seem so easy. And I'm sure, you know, the you know, the people that were doing, the, the athletes that were doing this under their uh, other identities, I, I guess, sort of for lack of a better term, kind of felt like they were probably fine. You know, nothing really happened for a year, year and a half, two years. Uh, but, uh, but obviously, you know, the reminder has been set here. Um, and another reminder on this whole thing, Tyler, is a, a couple quotes from, from Kirk Ferentz from Big Ten Media Days. Um, you know, he mentioned then that he didn't think Iowa players were involved in betting on their own team. That just kind of shows, I think, that uh, coaches are not looped into every single thing. And uh, I get the sense that this was a surprise. I know it was a surprise um, the extent of it uh, to Iowa State even as well. So, uh, And then this quote, too, um, which you just said, and I just kind of want to reiterate this from Ference. He said, I promise you the guys in our investigation and at the other school aren't the only ones that could be in an investigation. So he's kind of saying what you are, Tyler, that you know this could be happening everywhere, but Iowa is kind of the one uh, in the crosshairs, so to speak. Uh, the third name, Tyler, and this is the one uh, you wrote up today and um, from the courthouse, uh, you, you picked up on the name Aaron Eulis, and Aaron Eulis was the starting point guard for the Hawkeyes last season and uh, has since transferred to Nebraska. Uh, it was kind of brought up that he did not play in Nebraska's first overseas game in Spain. Now we know why. <laughs> um, Aaron was uh, basically guilty of the same thing as the others. Uh, per, uh, not guilty, but charged with, I should say. Uh, poor wording on my term. Uh, charged with uh, from DCI and you know from Johnson County for making 1,850 mobile or online wagers including 740 of them, 40 of them before he turned 21. And he was doing it under the, the account of his brother, his older brother. And the totals for him, Tyler, were $34,800, including one wager on an Iowa football game. So his, uh, his brother's name is Anton Porter. That's the name he was under. So the other two athletes under their parent, or mom's account, uh, Aaron under his brother's account. Again, this is kind of the thrust of these investigations. All seven of them uh, had to do with tampering with records, and this is one of them. Uh, Aaron Eulis, uh no comment from Fran McCaffrey yet. He's in Europe, but I, be- I believe this to be the only Iowa basketball player involved in this. That's what I had. He was actually a one name I had heard kind of initially, but uh, it did kind of come out today, and uh, – yeah, I, I just can't imagine he's going to play NCAA basketball again. And and I wonder when you were talking about just that it's made clear to athletes that they're not supposed to bet, you know, when they when they get on campus and all of this. But to me, at least from the outside, and, and I can't speak for athletes because I was I wasn't a college athlete, and I was never told you can't bet on college sports mm-hmm. as an athlete. But 
it just seems like there was not a lot of, at least externally, like discourse about uh, betting on, like college athletes betting. You hear so much emphasis before NIL started about making sure you're not taking improper benefits and make sure, you know, recruiting things, make sure that you're following all these types of rules. It felt like a lot of the emphasis was put on those types of things is X player getting a car is whatever. Yeah. And maybe now that that's kind of gone, right. That the, the NIL space has kind of opened up this wild, this wild West of being able to pay guys, give them different things that it, it seems like maybe the shift now is kind of going towards, towards sports betting and, and going after people. And that, I don't, I'm, I don't mean to say like, because one's gone, they, they have to find something else. But it just it feels like maybe people were very wary about the recruiting side of things uh, before NIL came along. And now this is opening up a whole new can of worms of this is going to kind of be a lot more prominent in how people are educated, how, uh, how you know, how careful people are in terms of, betting because I, you know, I, I know, especially with basketball and stuff, there's all these, you know, you know, you have talks with, is the assistant coach supposed to be talking to someone right now? Can you have someone on camp? Like there's just a lot of nuanced things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to kind of be bringing to light, uh, you know, just a new side of it in, in college athletics. And on top of that, we've spent how long in this show already, talking about things that aren't happening on the field. And it, it's crazy how soon kickoff is coming for Iowa. And this is this is really right now dominating the headlines. I'm interested to see, and maybe we can talk about this later as well, but just how Iowa deals with this increased noise. This yeah. is just, you have to deal with regular, you know, media, we're media, I say, but you have to deal with media coverage and all of that on a you know on a in a regular year but now you have this on top of it it feels like another kind of hurdle another uh challenge of something that people and athletes have to block out when it comes to them focusing on winning games absolutely and uh, to be clear on the Euless accusations uh it says that uh 400 over 430 of his wagers were placed on NCAA sanctioned basketball and football games. So, uh, yeah, the one bet on Iowa football, according to the allegations. So, but uh, betting on your own sport is at least going to cost you 50% of a season, according to the NCAA. And then, of course, if you bet on your own team, that's that's lifetime banned. So, I suppose there's there could be a case where you you know, maybe misses quote unquote only half a season, but. Uh, that's a big, big dollar amount, $35,000. So uh, we will see. We will see. And, we, yes, we will talk about that topic uh, next, Tyler. It's a great idea. We've got a lot more to come, folks, on uh, Hawk Central. Uh, more gambling talk next with me and Tyler Cashman. You're listening to Hawk Central Radio on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO, a busy first segment talking sports gambling investigation in the state of Iowa at uh, the two flagship universities, Iowa and Iowa State. I'm your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, joined again by Tyler Tashman, 
Our conversation continues now, Tyler. We talked a lot about the specific instances and cases uh, involving Iowa athletes and the Iowa State quarterback. Now let's dig into what might be coming next uh, surrounding Hawkeye football, because that's really what we are, uh, you know, our attention is focused on right now. Uh, the season, like we said, one month away. And, you know, Hawkeye football coaches, they want answers. So do Iowa State coaches. Um, you know, beyond the criminal charges uh, for uh, current and former players or former athletes at Iowa State, three at Iowa, one being in football for now. Uh, the DCI, by the way, did say in a statement, here was their statement, the, env- the investigation is ongoing and may result in the filing of additional charges. No further information can be released at this time. Uh, our courts reporter kind of um, you know, messaged us and said he would be surprised if there would be additional charges soon, just because if they had more coming, they would have probably released them all at one time. So just take that for what it's worth. All this stuff is is fluid, everything like that. But you know, I think it's I think things criminally may cool down just for a little bit. We'll see. Could be wrong, but maybe by the time I'm done with this show, uh, there'll be something else. But uh, we're gonna kind of go along with the assumption that this is the criminal side. Now let's get into Tyler, the eligibility side on on the NCAA portion. That's kind of where Kirk Ferentz's comments were landing. I would say last week, especially around. Noah Shannon, that's the only other name we know of that's involved in this on the football team. Uh, we don't know. And to be clear, you know, Kirk Ferentz made it sound like that he didn't think what was remaining was a big deal, but I don't think he really clued us in to the Aaron Blom stuff either. So I guess it just remains to be seen. Uh, you wrote the story from Big Ten Media Days. Um, any feel for, you know, what you've seen, heard, in terms of what we might expect in terms of uh, names and whatnot. Right. So at at Big Ten Media Days last week, Kirk Ferentz said there there was not a large number of Iowa football players involved in the investigation. And and obviously, like you said, we don't know if he was aware of uh, the Blom situation. So it, it feels like, and this is just from my perspective that, like you were saying, the coaches might be in the dark with stuff as well. They might be wanting answers. Um, but the Noah Shannon situation, which we do know more about uh, in comparison to everything else and just basically not knowing everything, but he was supposed to go to Big Ten Media Days um, as one of Iowa's representatives. Then shortly after that, uh, Iowa announced that he would not be going. He would. He was a part of, uh, you know, a part of this NCAA investigation uh, into sports uh, sports gambling. And so Jay Higgins took his place. And Kirk Ferentz spoke at that Big Ten media day. Is pretty sympathetic uh, to Noah Shannon and just saying that you know he he is one of Iowa's top guys. You know he feels really bad about the the situation, uh, but. But basically, that's the only other name, I guess, that's been out publicly beyond with what has come out the last day or two. And so, again, like I said, Kirk Ferentz said not a large number, but it feels like this is a situation where we just don't know until we see it right in front of us on our computer screens or whatever. So um, 
best case scenario for Iowa, it seems that guys won't miss any games or uh, a limited number will. But, you know, that's what it seemed like Kirk Ferentz believed last week. But like, like you were saying, it just seems like this is a very fluid situation. And if we know anything about the NCAA is that they are not going to always do the most logical thing. So right. it kind of is, is kind of just a wild ride at this point. Yeah. And at this point you hope from an Iowa and Iowa state point of view that at least they get a resolution. Unlike the Iowa baseball players who had to sit the last 17 games of the season and never got a resolution from the NCAA. Who knows if, if they all, you know, would have been suspended along anyway, but maybe they wouldn't have. So um, it's sort of uh, imperative that something happens. I was told um, they're expecting, not expecting anything on the NCAA front for at least a week. So maybe, you know, really next week's, uh, you know, August 11th is, is Iowa football media day. I feel like by then we will at least have some kind of, maybe no update, but at least we'll have program, you know, comments on it. Like, gosh, we got to get moving. Uh, the one thing Ferentz did say was that nobody had been pulled from training camp. I have to wonder, though, if this Blom news changes that. Uh, I cannot imagine that he would continue in camp, which began today. Uh, and then, you know, on that front, you know, the news surfaced today, um, right before we started recording this, actually, that uh, Ty Nissen, a junior college punter from Iowa Western, was joining the the Iowa program. I, I said punter, and uh, and uh, he will be in camp uh, apparently. So from what I've heard as well, and he had trained with Keith Duncan, former Iowa kicker, and this to me looks like kind of an emergency signing, and that's because Aaron Blom was also Iowa's backup punter and had been uh, punting really well, according to Lavar Woods. So he was also he was Iowa's backup kicker and backup punter. Tory Taylor at this point has no backup. Drew Stevens at this point has no backup if there's no Aaron Blom. So uh, the kicking situation at Iowa now, extremely perilous, Tyler. I mean, you've got Stevens and Taylor who are great, you know, but what if one guy, you know, you see this all the time in the NFL, you know, a guy has a, a hammy pull or <laughs> or something. And, uh, you know, Blom and, uh, Blom and Stevens were perfect in the spring game. They, they both were, I think, like seven for seven, eight for eight, something like that on, on field goal kicks. So it's not an insignificant loss. And depth wise, you also just have to have extra guys to take reps and practice and work on your field goal team. And, you know, can Drew Stevens take every kick? Can Tory Taylor take every punt? Uh, I ha- I believe that Iowa is probably working really quickly to try to find a, a junior college kicker or somebody to come in last minute here to to back up Drew Stevens. And you have to wonder, I guess, that if someone had told you in March that a month before the season began, the biggest, most talked about uh, topic, at least for a, a a portion of, of time leading up to the season wouldn't be Iowa's offense. And if they can be better than last season, that if, 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 if that were the case where we're talking about something else and not Iowa's offense it would have to be something pretty significant. And, and this is a, you know, the, the, the gambling headlines and news, it, it's dominating things right now. And obviously I'm not, I don't mean to say that like people don't care about Iowa's offense, but at least for right now, like, the the gambling 
questions and news and it just feels sort of like uh you know a, a little bit of a dark cloud like of an of uncertainty just hanging over the program right now because this is a great opportunity for Iowa to get back to the Big Ten championship they have a roster that is talented enough to get there this is the last season before divisions go away and and it's going to be a heck of a lot more difficult to make the Big Ten championship it just feels like there was already a lot riding on this season and now you just have more uncertainty more things to worry about it you know who can even play you know are we going to be missing guys when are we going to get any answers at all it just feels like this is something that I'm I'm just it's becoming an increasingly big storyline of yeah how is Iowa just dealing with all this extra noise, right? Because there's there's already a lot of expectations around Iowa football, just generally speaking. Like you're always going to have pressure, and uh, you know there's an expectation to compete in the Big Ten. But now there's all this extra stuff that you wouldn't have in a normal year. So it feels like kind of uh, increasingly important storyline is like just the guys that are on the field, the, go- the guys that are in the locker room, the coaches. How are they going to deal with everything that's going on around them uh, and, and still go out and win games? So I just, you know, it, it feels like as the season comes closer, as more details are coming out, or as more details are yet to, and we're still waiting, it just feels like it, it's it's becoming, you know, kind of a looming issue that, you know, is it going to affect the season in a big way? I think to me, yeah. it's kind of becoming the big question now. Yeah, well put on the distraction front there. I think a few things that Iowa has working for it uh, as fall camp opens is, is now is kind of the time of year when they are in that bunker mentality. They move into the hotels. You know, they're they're all together 24-7. It's not like they're out and about on their own. Uh, this is, you know, this is training camp, and they are – kind of locked in in their bubble really for the next three, four weeks uh, before the season starts or at least till game week. And uh, so I think that probably helps. And then sort of Iowa's stability and developmental uh, progress or process, I should say, I think probably benefits Iowa as well here because, you know, they, as Kirk Ferentz kind of mentioned, you know, if there is a gambling suspension or whatnot, you know, one or two games, let's say, yeah, they're going to treat it just like an injury, you know, like a like if a guy was you know, first teamer was out for the first couple of weeks. We've seen that happen a lot. Now uh, you got a big game week two at Iowa State, but uh, you know Iowa State. You know we have heard from the Iowa State side of things some of their players may be of the more substantial variety. Uh, we know about the quarterback now. There could be more um, Iowa. You know, there could be a guy or two from the two deep uh, missing for that Utah State game, maybe even the Iowa State game. We don't know. But, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the thing that could become a distraction, Tyler, potentially, even though they, they might not ever say it, is if maybe another key player, for example, or a key player, you know, does face future criminal charges on the football team where it's like, oh, man, we may not have this guy at all. And you thought it was no big whoop. So I think that's probably the the more dangerous part uh, from the Hawkeyes' point of view. Um, last couple things we should mention, obviously, that you know some other sports were mentioned in the initial report. Uh, no Iowa wrestlers or no Iowa track and field athletes were were named in this particular 
um, report, but but we know that they were involved in this investigation. So who knows what will come about there? I mean, there wasn't you know one of the Iowa State wrestlers, uh, Big Twelve champion, had wagered forty five thousand um, dollars, including on Iowa State games. Uh, former Cyclone lineman who plays for the Broncos, uh, Enyi Uwazurike. Uh, is suspended by the Denver Broncos right now for betting on Broncos games. And so he bet on two Iowa State games that he appeared in. Uh, so uh, obviously Iowa State wrestling feeling the effects of that as well. So we don't know for sure, you know, if there's going to be anything coming on those fronts. We should mention it's not just football, but football is certainly our focus. So I'll give you the last word on this. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, and I, I said something similar, I think, at, when we were at Big Ten Media Days, that it feels like you kind of just want to have an answer, right? You you want to know one way or the other who's going to be available, who's not, so you can plan accordingly, because I think part of the issue with all of this is just not hearing anything. Obviously, it's a big yeah. loss. If, if someone were to be out for an extended period, that's a big loss. But it's also of just not knowing who might or might not be available and not knowing how you're going to prepare. You know, I think you, it might be one of those things where, like you said, treating it like an injury, you might just have to go into it with the assumption that this guy might not be available. So number two on the depth chart might actually be number one. You know, you, it, it, in a way, from a mentality standpoint, you know, it, it might help guys be more ready. Um, knowing that someone someone who was in front of them could be out. But uh, I think it's just one of those things where Kirk Ferentz, you know, said hopefully late August or hopefully later in August at the latest. And I think you just hope that this kind of figures itself out and gets resolved before uh, kickoff. Absolutely. Paniero Johnson is the name of the Iowa State wrestler. $45,640. He's, he's got the high mark on the wagers. Uh, thus far with with their uh, Aaron Euless second. Um, last thing is, yeah, I, I think, you know, Ference did mention at Big Ten Media Days that the players involved are working with a law firm and the NCAA. So you would hope that there's like some pushing and urgency going on here that where they will get a resolution at some point before the season. Still more to come here on Hawks Central. Is the Big Ten expanding? More on that developing story, right? Right here next on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, as always. Got about 10 minutes left until uh, our 7 o'clock finish line. Tyler Tashman, our new Hawkeyes reporter, joining me to finish the show. And Tyler, uh, we, we didn't get into small talk, personal talk just yet, but... Uh, Welcome to Iowa City. You moved in officially on Tuesday, but I I feel like you've got to tell the story of what you woke up to Monday in Bloomington. Yeah, well, it was okay. I'll just get into it. But anyway, so I was so we were driving. We're leaving Monday to to move to move to Coralville, and had everything set on Sunday. Got boxes put away. Uh, in, in the house, I, I was the last one of my roommates to leave my house. Got the boxes, you know, put away in the living room, everything like that, set to go so we can get it moved on Monday. So that was Sunday. We're good. Come in uh, Monday, and 
uh, I was dropping my dad off and I was just and dropping my dad off at my house. And I was just like, I just want to go in and like see my house again. You know, probably one of the last times I'll be able to see it. We walk in and there was literally like a hole in the ceiling. And like, this was like, this was a big hole. This, this was, I saw the photo. Yeah. yeah. Not small. This was, <laughs> this was like Santa plus Rudolph plus maybe one other like reindeer sized hole. And there was just like the the ceiling was just on the ground, like some of it was on my like stuff that I boxed away. Fortunately, not too much of it. But like Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof, right? This was like the ceiling is the floor. Like the ceiling was just on the floor. And I wish like I could have seen a, a replay of it or know, someone got it on video. Like my reaction and my dad's reaction because it like it it was like a movie. Like it did. I was like, this cannot be happening. Like. It's it's been fine. I've lived here for three years, no problems whatsoever. And then the day that I'm moving, like the ceiling just decides to fall down. But anyways, we got it cleaned up and uh, able to you know able to move when we were planning on it. And I'm I'm in Coralville now, so it was a little speed bump, but it was just <laughs> I would just was I had no idea what was going on there. Really. Like I said to you in text, is like your last sign. You got to get out of Bloomington, get to Iowa City. Like that oh yeah. Like, yeah, that was that was the cherry on top. <laughs> Welcome to Iowa. Appreciate you <laughs> being here. Uh, just a couple little news items before we get to expansion possibilities. Uh, Iowa basketball foreign tours beginning soon. The women start on, let's see, August sixth. So I guess that would be Monday, right? And then uh, the men start August eighth. So. Or I guess that would be Sunday, and then the men on Tuesday. So they start on August 8th. Uh, we will have reports from from those games. There's no live streams. It's going to be pretty like rudimentary box scores and whatnot, but excited to kind of see what we learn from the three-game foreign trips for both. Uh, football tickets almost sold out. Rutgers now under uh, 1,500 tickets, and Illinois under 750. Uh, so, or vice versa, actually, I think is the case. So anyway, probably a season sale coming. Anyway. Yahoo Sports, Dan Wetzel rep- reporting that the Big Ten, a group of four Big Ten presidents, has now reached out to potentially add Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford to the Big Ten, perhaps even as soon as next season. That would be shocking to me if it was as soon as next season, but the Pac-12 TV deal only goes through this season, so maybe for, like, pennies, you know, they could come aboard and... uh kind of get started in the Big Ten if that were the case, but quite the the bombshell story, Tyler, and uh, you know I think it basically stems on the Pac-12 seemingly falling apart uh, with their TV rights deal, you know, looking to be like Apple TV Plus potentially at as low as twenty million per school. So I think these big schools may be looking for a path out. Maybe the Big Ten wants to scoop up Oregon and Washington. And before I touch on that, also adding to the Iowa news, which has been filled today, Brody Breck, uh, former Iowa football player, current uh, Iowa baseball player, is engaged. So congrats to yeah, him. Yeah, good news. Yeah, good yeah, news for some... <laughs> Iowa athletes. Yeah. For a little, lighten up the news a little bit. Yeah. But, um, uh, but no, uh, the thing, this you know, all the expansion and I don't know, I, I've, I've kind of gotten a little... I don't know, I don't say turned off to it, but it feels like it's like college sports are just becoming a lot like professional sports in, in that now athletes are getting paid. There's almost like free agency with the transfer portal. 
Um, and I'm not saying athletes shouldn't get paid, but it's just a different dynamic into things of why someone goes to this school versus that. And now you have, uh, you know, UCLA, USC coming into the Big Ten. You're going essentially coast to coast. And one of the reasons I really like college sports is because it was it was unique from professional sports, right? You have these kind right. of niche communities where, uh, like, I'm from North Carolina originally, so you have people from in North Carolina that go to Duke and go to UNC, and it's just kind of hated between them because they're so close and there's good college basketball, and it, it just feels like kind of more close-knit and allegiant because you went to school there and it was formative years of your life and all of this and the, the ge- geography, uh, ge- the geographic element to it. And it just feels like college sports is kind of getting away from that. It, it feels a lot more like professional sports. Guys aren't necessarily playing for just the, the, the school on the front of their jersey. There's a lot of other more complicated factors of it. And I just, you know, it, it may be good in some senses. It may be good and bad. I just feel like part of what had made college sports unique is now kind of gone, and it, it seems just to be moving more toward what we see from professional sports, right? Because you have the American League and the National League, and uh, you have guys that are you know playing at two or three schools, where you're like in free agency, you have guys that bounce around over their career. So I, you know, maybe maybe you you like that side of it, and, and you like kind of the the chaotic part, and I think that does add a certain uh, news value and just kind of an intriguing sense to it. But part of the reason that the kind of tight-knit community, seeing someone grow up in their formative years, you know, in, in the geographic sense as well, being having rivals in state, it just feels like some of that with the conference realignment and other factors, like to me it just seems like some of that is kind of going away. Just about two minutes left here, so I'll kind of finish this up here. But uh, some stuff from the Yahoo story, and we won't be able to get into all this tonight, but uh, just kind of whet your uh, appetite on it. Um, it says, you know, the move would give the Big Ten control of the West Coast, especially California, as well as open a new television window with games played in prime time out West and late night in the East. So, it, you know, this would kind of potentially, if I, if uh, the Big Ten does per- to decide to pursue this, you know, and obviously Cal and Stanford, not necessarily big football brands, but I'm sure Big Ten presidents would really welcome that academically uh, in addition to, to getting the Seattle market up in Washington, kind of owning California. Oregon, obviously a huge brand uh, with the Nike brand uh, out there. But, uh, you know, and to have, you know, those nine, you know, maybe nine, nine o'clock, 930 uh games in the Big Ten, you know, in Iowa at Oregon, 9.30 special, you could go from, you know, noon to, you know, what is it, you know, Eastern, Eastern time, noon, 3.30, 7, 10.30. You could really have a lineup of four straight games, you know, all featuring the Big Ten from all regions of the country. And it would make the travel easier for some of those, you know, for the new, you know, members in USC and UCLA. But, uh, but and uh, one of the things they threw out in the article was potentially having a Big Ten championship game some years at the Rose Bowl rather than Lucas Oil Stadium. So uh, it's intriguing in some way. I've also, you know, you also 
can't believe everything you read in terms of expansion. This uh, very much preliminary talks, but if the Pac-12 does indeed fall apart, uh, you know, the Big 12 goes ahead and, and grabs Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and the Big 10 were to grab these, then the only two schools left at the at the table, I guess, holding the bag, then would be uh, Oregon State and Washington State. Maybe they end up joining the Mountain West, something like that. That is kind of what this article discusses. With that, Tyler, we are out of time, man. So uh, thanks for joining us. Great show tonight. Appreciate your work today, my friend. And uh, we'll see each other next week at Media Day, huh? Yeah. And I, and I think I've also heard that uh, the register is, is considering moving to the Big Ten as well. So that's something to, uh, you know, conference expansion, the Des Moines register might be, uh, might be in the Big Ten soon. <laughs> well, we are, we'll definitely have all the, uh, uh, developments here for you at the register. Our, our cyclone guys are working really hard on, on that end of things too. So if you have a Des Moines register online subscription, you're really getting your money's worth this week. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And uh, next week, like I said, Iowa football media day and the kids day scrimmage. And I promise on next week's radio show, Tyler, there's a good chance we're going to talk about on the field football as well. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night here on Hawk central on 106.3 KXNO. Good night, everyone.